PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 393 of Cinema Crespiso, which backwards is 293 of Palindrome. Cinema, <laughs> which upside down would be uh, B6B of... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Chris Crespo. Oh, I already did that part. Chris Crespo, that's Trusa Cogburn. Ah, oh, 393 episodes and still we around. start like shit every week. I think that's a pretty good start. People understand what's going on when they... When they start an episode of the show, a jumbled mess of ideas. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. Hey, Joseph Cogburn, how you doing? Doing. Yeah? Uh, you get on that peacock yet on Peacock? Uh, today, I checked it out. Checked it out, you, you pulled yeah. it up, you gave it pulled a look. Pulled it up, give, give it a whirl. Uh, my TV, my Vizio, it's not even a TV. Watch a little something, something. The Peacock app popped up, but when I hit play, it doesn't want to start. It's just like black screen. Yeah. But that could be my TV. It could be. Because other apps don't work properly, and I have to go through my phone to use some of them, like mm-hmm. Disney+, Plus, etc., etc. I will say, though, on my phone, I look through it. I ain't watch anything yet, but... Let's see, there's a lot less than I thought there would be. Well, I mean, it's not that there's a lot less than I thought there would be. It's... The thing is, like... This is their new way to put out new programming. So, absolutely, like I saw the trailer for Brave New World on Peacock. I saw the thumbnail, and uh, as much as I love the book, Mm. totally not interested in the series. I'll give it a few episodes. uh, It looks like like uh, build up and see what the word is online. I I I, I think from from the trailer that I saw, Mm. they took it different direction sure it looks like they're relying very heavily on the soma thing hey why not well i mean it's fun but it's not like the main part of the story but maybe they felt no it would be a good time to based on the current climate stuff they found a way to update it to make it more relevant in a way someone says i know more than audio's I mean, for the book being written however long Uxley, ago, Uxley. it seems pretty relevant today still, so... Uh, just the way it is already? Just, yeah. Uh, well, you know how it is. People want to add their own stamp. I mean, I know they do. I get, I get it. I I'll, get it. I'll wait for and the seriously, consensus. And if, and if it's done well for what it is, I will get... You know, this is so-and-so's Brave New World. You know, it's not Aldous Huxley. Right. Obviously, it's it's Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Exactly. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh's Disney's Thor. Yes, Disney's Marvel's Marvel Marvel Comics. <laughs> Marvel Studios Marvel Comics Thor. Stanley's <laughs> Kirby Lee. Jack Kirby. Thank you very much. 
Who's Kirby Lee? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no you you mix Jack made... Kirby and Stanley together. That's right. <laughs> Into a comic uh, comic book superhero of some sort. Rest in peace, uh, MegaCon, DragonCon, all sorts of comic book conventions here in town that ain't happening. I mean, all around the world that aren't happening. I mean, yeah, sure, but I mean, there's some big ones a, that a lot here, of these... right here in town. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say RIP to the game conventions as well, but they found a way around it. How? They did. They just virtual convention. Exactly. All the stuff that they would have done live mm-hmm. with a live speaker and a yeah. video behind and a bunch of nerds going, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Now you can. Now you just do it at your house. You just watch by yourself it. and freak out. Yeah. Uh, I watched. There's I'm, some like online there, film festivals now. There, there are two. I mean, I watched two of them already this year. Right. For the video game things. So these so. things, like a lot of them, have gone virtual. It's just not the same. Walk around. Well, no. I mean, a, hall, a, it's not. I, I mean, for, for me, it is the same because I stopped going to comic conventions mm-hmm. before they got like super big. Well, they they should go back. No, I, no I, they were too big then, <laughs> which is why I stopped going. <laughs> well, man, you'd be like, whoa, this is... Yeah, no, I mean, I live vicariously through Bill. He goes, and then he, he tells me go. about he tells me about it, and then... And takes I, a lot of photos. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, touching or smelling any of those people. I just get to look yeah, at Yeah, it's about the touches and the smells. That's what it's all about, the feel, the textual uh, aspect of it. The textures, you know. That is sweaty nerd and desperation. Oh, God, I love it. Like, do I taste Cheeto dust in the air? Uh, we should go to the next one as as soon as possible. Even if there's, it's like we gotta go to like Texas. Where would they have one right now? I guess here in nowhere. Florida. Oh yeah, I mean Florida, <laughs> probably. Some, yeah. Someone would put one on Pasco County or some shit. Uh, not at the actual. Oh, they do have that volleyball. They do. No. Uh, th- was that this week? I mean, the the, the NBA is here in town, so yeah, in their quote bubble. <laughs> I like how you say quote, yeah. because as, as as soon as someone called it a bubble, it popped. Yes. <laughs> it's like, let's put, this, let's put this bubble in this... Uh, and bubble broken. In We're this, fucked. In this fiery cauldron that can't sustain bubbles. Uh, did you hear about that ship of uh, sailors that all got COVID? Not all of them, but most of them got COVID. Mm-hmm. But they were like, they all tested, tested negative. Then they all quarantined for two weeks, and they tested again negative. Then they all got on a ship, and then 30 days later, like... Fifty out of sixty of them uh, got had COVID. I mean, yeah, that's sweet, sweet works. That's fucking, it's, uh, it's brutal. There's out sea floating yeah. around. Yeah, someone's like, <laughs> next thing you know, that's a, it. Takes one person to do that. That's uh, that, that's the guy who got on the on the train in in Korea. Mm-hmm. Brought the, the zombie outbreak onto Train to Busan. Yeah, Busan, that's right. That's what I'm saying. That the Peninsula movie was supposed to hit theaters. It was supposed to be a theatrical release. Yeah. end of August. Uh, I mean, eventually. These theaters ain't open. No. I mean, I'll still watch it sometime. Somehow. Somehow. Somehow, sometime, we're going to watch this peninsula. Uh, very good reviews. People are liking it very much. So, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, for me, it's just, I mean, all these movies will come out eventually. They, so They will come out eventually. How the, the, and when, that, that that is up for grabs, but eventually they will be seen. The trick is to, to stay alive. <laughs> Long enough to watch them. That's so those points. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Uh, rumors that uh, uh, no time to die could already get delayed again further. That they're not even willing to Whatever. sit on this November release date. For, okay, for this year, sure. Uh, possibility we may not be able to go back to the theater till twenty summer twenty twenty one twenty twenty two. Was that is I that mean, possible? 
Oh, uh, who is it said? No concerts until 2022? I mean, what the, I mean that, that, but the, uh, I, I am not the person in charge of making these decisions, Chris. Why not? Because I don't want to be. You know what? That's honest. <laughs> and that's why you're the perfect person <laughs> to be in charge. Oh, because I don't want the power? It's that whole thing? You're rejecting the, the, the call. The, the man who rejects the call is the one who ultimately has to take it. Well, fuck you. That's right, Arthur. Grab this sword. Pull it out of the stone. Here, use some lube first. Not, not a problem. Pull it up. Pull it down. Pull it up. It's, it's, it'll come out. Keep yeah, pulling. Keep pulling. Eventually, yeah. And then, oh god! Oh, oh if oh, the Lord, if the sword, if the stone and the sword Man, sparks makes, on thine face, you have been chosen. And that that, that makes uh, that brings a whole new meaning to that new series, Cursed. That's on Netflix. Which one's that one? Uh, I did, I had no idea about this. Uh, but I follow Frank. Uh, Frank Miller, he okay. joined Instagram only like a couple months ago, okay. and he's only put up like five posts yeah, okay. uh, because he's an old, old, old man. He's, a, he's n- a lurker. No idea what he's doing. He's just looking at booty um, pics. But he put up a picture, and, and it was a picture of a girl with a sword, and mm-hmm. it said, at Cursed, now on Netflix. And I'm like, excuse me? Okay. Okay. So I did some research, mm-hmm. and apparently it was, he wrote a comic book in like the late 80s called Cursed. Okay. Uh, basically, uh a gender swap on the King Arthur story. I mean, okay. I, imagine if the Lady of the Lake chose a female. Good job. That would have been a better choice. Boom. Yeah. And then that, that, that was... Arthur was a bad choice. What if what if she chose Marion? Exactly. Uh, so that's a show and now. From there. And, and it's a show on Netflix. just oh. came out this week, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, good so. for you, Frank Miller. Uh, way ahead of the game on the gender swapping uh, fun antics. <clears throat> of all people. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the comic book is still hella violent and fascist well, because it better be That's Frank Miller. Point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, violence is the ultimate. Uh, I mean, it, form of authority. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. uh-huh. so we about, yeah. about authority. Yeah, about to my violence. So, uh, speaking of uh, violence as authority, I I watched Greyhound this weekend. The uh, Tom Hanks in a in a CG ocean was what did he with a bunch uh, of dudes. Did they, res- dudes. did they respect his authority? Uh, I don't know. Because he, okay, so that's, interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting question. The whole movie, everyone on the boat, the ship, whatever you call it, like his crew, because the whole thing is, is like practically the whole thing is just on the deck yeah. with him. Uh-huh. He's in communication with other ships in the convoy, but we never cut to them. Uh, and then we get shots of the submarines chasing them from like the outside, but we never go inside the subs. So it's just really one crew. Yeah. His crew, there's a lot of people around him, and throughout the 50 hours that they're going, they're often, like, looking at him, like, uh, either... It's hard to tell whether they're unsure of him... Or unsure just, of themselves. Uh, or they're scared of the moment, but they're... Oh, they, they keep cutting to him, like, he turns looks over his shoulder, like, he's think, he's thinking... And there's a bunch of people are staring at him, yeah. what the fuck are we doing? Like, he's thinking, <laughs> then he looks over his shoulder, he sees them, and they're all just staring at him, and he's like... Ugh. <laughs> and then he makes a decision. Um, no one vocalizes anything. There's a weird lack of story to this movie. Okay. It's 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a plus. Yeah. Could have used maybe another 10... Up top, maybe flush out some stuff. A little bit. There's one scene of Tom Hanks's character. There's an admiral, commander. Uh, happen. I don't know what he is. That was a pain. We'll call him El Capitan. He's El Capitan, <laughs> and, and he meets up with his girlfriend, played by Elizabeth Shue, looking like Chelsea Handler. It's really weird. And uh, he's all like, 
after my assignment, uh, like come on this trip with me so uh, I can ask you to marry me on the beach. And she's all like, meh, like really uh, waffling about it. Like you, you go, go off the war without any assurances of love. It's, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing. Yeah. And then that's it. And then he's on the boat and then they're going, oh, he also gets some gifts. Like he gets here some slippers. Uh, and then throughout the movie, it's like, well, who is this guy? There's very little that I know about this dude. And there's one time when he like he had sort of like a flashback to her face, and like I don't give a shit about this. Bitch. She <laughs> turned you down. Why do you? Why are you holding the fucking uh, candle for this one? Holding the torch for her. I didn't care about anyone as a character. Mm-hmm. They were all just ciphers. It was just a ship full of people doing a mission. Being chased by uh, evil German U-boats that you never see, so f- faceless Germans, F- faceless Germans. Uh, at least at one point they have a voice. They use they key in on their radio frequency and taunt them uh, over radio. So there's a couple scenes where he's like, "Greyhound, this is Grey Wolf. Uh, we will sink your ship," uh, and he's like, "Oh, anyhow." I mean, is, uh, is it voiced by Werner Herzog? Because I, no, of, it's not that kind of. Be, because if not, total waste. Mm. We, we need a German voice. <laughs> Make a phone call. Different German uh, stereotypical voice, I gotta say. Um, oh, but is it so good for bad guys? I mean, after Jack Reacher, like... But it would have been. No, it would have been wasted in this movie, <sighs> though. But it, you, it's not off. There's not, no such thing as a waste. A, there's no such thing as a waste of Warner Herzog. It could be in this one because the movie itself is just fine. It's not that good. It's uh, it's a real dad movie, uh, which is works because I watch it with my dad. The uh, it kicks into the action pretty quickly. No. Within ten, some, within ten minutes, they're like so, some CG naval battles. It's all CG naval battles. Of uh, I, I read in an interview where they said not a single drop of water was used on the set at any point. I'm like, that's absurd. I can't believe it, but uh, it sometimes looks pretty good. It, and it's a mix of like movie, typical movie CG stuff, and then uh, adapting some apparently video game. Okay, uh, engine stuff. Yes. Yeah, probably for Unreal 4, because that shit looks almost real. So that, yeah, so then there you go. They, uh, they use the different tools, yeah. put them all together, and Maze Hub and Dead, for the most part, looked pretty photoreal. But also, mm-hmm. it's the same as watching a Marvel movie when you get towards the end. It's mm-hmm. all action scenes. It does become just sort of like a digital... I'm sort of watching a cartoon. Yeah, at that a, point in, in time. In a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was okay. You know, it's, it was, like I said, 90 minutes. Got right into it. A lot of them just then the whole movie is them just running around between attacks, uh, trying to figure out where the subs are. Are we gonna get hit? Are we not gonna get hit? Yeah. What? So so it's uh. It's, is there a torpedo? It's, There's a torpedo. So it's actually Battleship the movie as opposed to Battleship the movie. In some ways it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, more so than Battleship the movie actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Which is very funny. Yeah, when they're like, oh, uh, uh, drop the depth charges. And then they make a big deal about uh, them using decoys. At one point, oh, they use a decoy on us. Uh, and then they, they're learning what a decoy is for the first time. Because someone's telling them, oh, I've heard about these. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't come up again. No. Oh. So Chekhov's decoy wah, wah, wah. did not get re-decoyed. Uh, so it's not Chekhov's decoy. Exactly. It's just they blew, random decoy. It was just, it was, it, it's, it's the red herring. It's a different thing yeah, entirely. Yeah, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not nearly as dramatically satisfying. Chopping down trees with red herrings is a oh, that was, waste of time. That was some of my favorite parts, those stupid S- Scooby-Doo shows. The bad guy whose name was Red Herring. Oh, is that what... Uh, they, they do that often? A couple times. Uh, he, was, he was a recurring bad guy. Was he always an Irish guy? I don't think so. <laughs> hey, Red. So, it's, it's, it is. It is. <laughs> okay, it is. I can see why they sold it to Apple and just made their money that way. It was not going to make a lot of money, theatrically. Real... Dad type movie. Word up. On the fine scale, one eye. 
Okay, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Looking to kill 90 minutes on a uh, rainy Sunday? You want to see some real water outside? Water? <laughs> All right. Greyhound. Okay, so that's it. I watched Greyhound this week. Uh, media diet-wise, actually, let's, let's get into your media diet first, and then we'll go back into mine, because oh, you have so much stuff. All right, so uh, uh, last week I watched some anime, so I watched some more anime. Yeah, because you did a lot of Justice League stuff. I watched some well, of the ones well, you, you mentioned. Yeah, and? Let me see I mean, some I of them were okay. They're not, they're not awful. No, some, of them, some of them were definitely better than others. Yeah, absolutely. I watched, I think I watched two of them when I watched it. I watched the one with the, 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 the Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. Vandal Savage. Yeah, Vandal Savage. I, I that watched one. that one. Yeah. And I watched uh, Earth 2 one. The, yeah. Uh, Crisis on two, two Earths. Earths. As, opposed, as opposed to Infinite. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't <laughs> we, don't time, we don't have time for Infinite Earths. We've got time for two. We barely <laughs> got time for three Earths. We're just going to do two Earths. My main criticism of these are because they're all made around the same time period. Uh, to varying degrees, I don't like how they draw Superman's face. Depending, and, yeah. And I'm not a big fan of uh, the Bruce Wayne either. Like, the Batman's okay, but no. the Bruce Wayne's, mm-hmm. like, they make them look, like, too young or soft. I, I know. But it's that, it's, it's, it's that Warner Brothers animation style, yes. though. Like, it's specific to them. But, he, <laughs> but the 90s one, uh, I didn't feel like the big square jaw Bruce yeah. and, uh, and same, similar Clark Kent. I didn't feel like they looked like, uh, Softies, not necessarily softies, just weirdly young or too angular. Mm. I had a similar issue, not issue, but just complaint with Scott Snyder. Is he the one, right? That he, he did all the Batman yeah. runs yeah, that the, you gave me, yeah, the new 52 stuff. Yeah, the, I didn't like the way that yeah. Bruce Wayne uh-huh. looked, yeah, and I right. really like those Batman's. Yeah, look, good stories, but I was like, I don't like his, there's something about his yeah. face. It's it's hard for me to put yeah. my finger on mm-hmm. it. Oh, oh, yeah. It's fine, but uh, yeah, the, after you watch all of them, I was like, yeah, sure, these seem like easy ways to kill. Hour and fifteen minutes, real quick. Uh, so I watched a couple. I'll I'll go back and and keep uh, hitting them up every now and then for sure. Mm-hmm. So did you watch more DC ones? Oh no, because all those DC ones are done. So did you? Get I've, I've, I've pretty much I've, I've pretty much watched all the DC ones. Not all done on, with them on Prime. There's uh, oh, what's on Prime? A, uh, a bunch of anime stuff on there that I was just unfamiliar with because I was you know I'd stuck to. You know, the hyper-violent stuff, because mm-hmm. that's really what got me. Because, I mean, the first anime I ever watched was Ninja Scroll. Yeah, so there you go. It's really hard to compare anything else to that. And you're like, is this <laughs> all like this here, chasing that dragon? Yeah, exa- yes. And it, it, there is... That is the dragon. Ch- chasing the Ninja <laughs> Scroll dragon. Yeah, it's bad when that's your first taste. No, exactly. Um, but I did watch a couple, uh, a series called Galaxy Express 999. Okay. Uh, so the first one's from 1979. The second one's from 1981. I guess there's a third one, but I didn't bother with it. Uh, first one, it's basically so that it, it's a future. Uh, there's, a, there's a space train. Okay. It looks like uh, like a coal power train, but it de- it does not move like one or interact with the world like one. Okay. Uh, and uh, there, there, there's this kid who gets taken on a journey, and he has to destroy the uh, uh, the cyborg people who killed his mother. Ooh. It's a little it's a little childish, but it is you know late seventies, so there's still definitely some uh, some adult themes in there. Yeah, sure. Uh, the uh, the second one. Adieu, Galaxy Express 999 was definitely much better. Uh, the kid grew up, so he's a teenager. It's more violent. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, ter- when did Term... Who, whoever... Terminator was 84. Who, whoever made this... Oh, then James Cameron probably saw this movie yeah. because the beginning five minutes is Terminator. <laughs> nice. So... Uh, 
there's a heavy Star Wars influence as well. Cool. With fucking uh, force powers. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the bad guy is straight up a ripoff of Darth Vader. Oh, uh, cool. All right. To the point where I looked at him so much, I was like, at the end of this movie, he's going to be the, the dude's father. And at the end. He was? <laughs> by the way yeah, yeah yeah so you know very much influenced by a lot of the sci-fi movies of the time but the, done all done in a fun way yeah but all, but all done in you know 80s anime style so very you know very much in like ghost in the shell style you know very heavily animated yeah, kind yeah. Of psychedelic stuff crazy just it it was much better than the first one i like that i enjoyed it that sounds cool much. oh i might skip the first one and just watch that one yes i would i would you know first one doesn't matter i do Adieu. Adieu. Galaxy Express 999. Of course, it's one of, like a friend. I love it when they mix up the languages. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, just like a lot of uh, Japanese anime, uh, when they use English names for the characters, it yeah. usually gives away a lot about what the character's like. Sure. Angel. Well, no, ex <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like the bad guys, the bad guy in this fucking... It, in the movie's called Faust. Faust. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say Devil. Yeah, Faust. So <laughs> one, I mean, one step over. Exactly. <laughs> they believe in that literal and the figurative. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. Uh, another anime that I watched called A Wind Named Amnesia. Okay. Hour and twenty minutes. It was on Prime. Uh, apparently, it's based on a novel, uh, but it's very much. Uh, it, it reminds me of Why the Last Man, kind of, because okay. it's uh, basically what happens is. Uh, at a certain point in time, mm -hmm. basically, a wind comes. And when the wind hits humans, mm -hmm. they lose all their memories of everything. Ooh, of everything. Everything. Like how to be human, how to talk, what things are. All, right. you, you go back to base humanity 101. That's not good. Ex yes. So, and it, it explores what it means to be human and mm -hmm. this, that, the other. So, mm -hmm. it's. Definitely more of like a philosophical movie, mm -hmm. but it also has some really cool animation in there too. Interesting. They make a good, uh, make a good double feature that and Embers, the movie where there's a disease that makes people lose the ability to make new memories. Yes. So uh, every day they, wake. I mean, whenever they fall asleep and wake dude, up, they're like, I don't know where I am. That very well maybe based on the original because this is based on a novel. So. The, both of those are probably based everything, on the same thing. Everything, all, <laughs> it's all ripped off from each other. Exactly. So correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, they, they, you know, taking stuff from here, there. Uh, weird thing is, though, it's it's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's based. Uh, the plot mm -hmm. is in America, so oh, that's fun. It's weird, you know, to see a different cultures take on what they think. I always enjoy stuff like that. America yeah. would be. Yeah. It's like, oh, you you, you got that right. Oh, yeah. oh, that's wrong. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched uh, a movie from 1987, uh, another anime called Lily Cat. C A T. Uh, it's an hour and seven minutes. Uh, it's from 1987. Mm. Uh, take Alien. Okay. Uh, add High Life. Okay. The Thing. In 2001, oh. mash them all together into an animated movie that's an hour long. In, in a good way. Uh, all the points of all those movies. It's all, all the good all stuff. All the big points of all those movies. Interesting. Lily Cat with one hour or two, Lily. 
One L L I L Y C A T. Uh, was it just that came up on your like recommended email? Like, well, no, well, it, it it was on Prime after I had watched one of the animes. It yes. was like viewers also watch this, yes. and I'd gotten a lot of the animes that I've been watching from. That's how you've been doing it. Yeah, uh, using the old, one of those original the, the yeah. algorithm. Yeah, using one of those watches. So, uh, uh, so is it like uh, R rated, hyper violent? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I would definitely. I would say. Yeah. Uh, more PG thirteen, a light R, hard PG thirteen. Oh, okay, okay, sure. A soft R. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 it was fun. Yeah, it, like I said, it was it was the best parts of all of those movies put together. Okay. So, all right, it sounds fun. It was animated, all right. But just animated, all right. Yeah, I, I mean, nineteen eighty seven, bro. It's kind of an important. Come on, an important part of uh, anime though is yeah. it looking cool. I mean, I mean, it looks like, just as like good. Here is eighty eight, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I mean it's definitely not that level. That that is a whole different level. And when is Ninja Scroll? Early nineties. Uh, yes, yes. And Ghost in the Shell, ninety, eighty nine, ninety, something like that. I feel like this is all right around the same time period as those movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it kind of is. It's it's the late eighties, early nineties, definitely the golden age of of the oh, yeah. of anime and like the like the sci fi and the psychological stuff. Sure. You know, the stuff that makes you think. Yeah, sure, sure. It's not just pretty to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also watched uh, kind of a newer anime. Mm-hmm. It was only a half hour long on Peacock, actually. Peacock? Uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, colon, Dark Fury. Hey, a new Chronicles? Is it new? Or no, it's, oh, a, it, it's just yeah. a continuing thing. But it's the reason I watched it is because it was uh, produced and directed by this guy, Peter, Ch- uh, Peter Chung, who's okay. the guy behind Aeon Flux, okay. which I was a big fan of. So, so does it have that same style? Anime, it's the same style. So, so Riddick in the Aeon Flux universe? Yes, basically, yes. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. So, so that was fun. That's it's really only a half cool. hour, too. So real quick. Go right through it. Mm-hmm. It's Vin Diesel doing it. Yeah, it's, it's still Vin Diesel. Of course, yes. I could get my paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also watched... Drew has a scroll that he's going through people. Okay. I watched from 1989. It's an... Anime miniseries, I guess. Okay, it's only six. It's only six episodes, mm-hmm. but it's called Angel Cop, and it's uh, it's a cyberpunk cop show. Uh, Imperials versus communists, cops versus terrorists. It's super violent and vulgar, and it was a lot of fun. And that's a uh, it was a show, an anime. Yeah, but, uh, on on uh, watch that on Prime. Angel Cop. Angel Cop. I mean, that's from when? Uh, nineteen eighty nine. Really violent. Like when it says Angel Cop on the screen, it's being sprayed in blood. I'm in. <laughs> I'm into this one. So, yeah. That sounds interesting. It, yeah, it's uh, very cyberpunk. Lot, lots of androids. Yeah. People dying. Okay, okay. Hi- Hyper violence. I'm, I'm, I'm all down for this. Yes. Uh, six, it was six 30 minute episodes. So, three hours? Mm-hmm. Pff, shit. Okay. Probably worth watching. Great. On the list. It's on the list. Considering uh, listed. Oh, I did that animated, 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 animated. Did that, did that. Uh, well, oh, be, because I watched all that other animation. Uh, I watched Ghost in the Shell 2.0. Basically, it's just uh, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. the original animated movie. Mm-hmm. They updated it in '96 with some uh, CG graphics. So kind of like Lucas, what Lucas did with Star Wars. Oh, sure. So same, same movie, just some updated animations. I don't think I've seen this uh, this updated one. 
I didn't even know what this is. It's noticeable what the things I get added? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because they're using computer animation as opposed to hand-drawn. So it's standing out as... Yeah, um, so it stands out. In, like, a good way? Uh, yes way? and no. Some of it's better than others. Um, You know, most of it's done for, like, the, the computer simulation stuff mm-hmm. and uh, some 3D modeling for, like, planes and things of that nature. Sure, uh, yeah. The... The seminal scene at the beginning where, you know, she drops her clothes and fucking does the whole drop down the fucking the thermal imaging and all that. Yeah. Uh, that first like 30 seconds is all done in CG. And it's actually they did surprisingly good for 96. It's still pretty. It still holds up pretty well. Interesting. So. All right. I watched. Uh, I watched Ghost in the Shell six months ago. I, th- I watched it fairly recently. I think just on a whim. No. Uh, or was it just randomly on some Pluto TV oh, it's fucking network? Because it's like, one of, it's they, have, they have those networks that are just going all the time. Like, like, seriously, like I started yeah. watching it, and like the second I pressed play, I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna sit here and watch this whole fucking thing and not leave the fucking yeah. <laughs> I can't leave the screen." Yeah, just watch. It's a it's a very watchable, uh, great looking movie yeah. with a pretty cool plot. I like the character, like the big old cop with the crazy eyes, horrible mm-hmm. eyes. You know, all, is he a cop or no? He's just, no, he is. Uh, yeah, all, all, you know, sort of cops, right? All, all the fun stuff about technology, what is human, mm-hmm. what is not. It's all there, baby. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, so watched all those. Okay. Uh, then I watched uh, some documentaries. Okay. Uh, Future Shock: The Story of 2000 AD. Oh, on uh, the on people who, who on Prime. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. About the people. Yeah, it's about the people who made 2000 AD. Yep. Uh, you know how it influenced uh, the. Uh, so just so you know, uh, the movie Hardware, Book of Eli, and Time Crimes were all straight ripped off of Future Shock oh, stories. Oh, there you go. Okay, excellent. Excelente. Uh, yeah, so it Shock, talks about that. Future Shock is And very, it also uh, talks about how all these, you know, how some of the greatest comic book writers of all time started at this tiny, little, weird, mm-hmm. punk rock fucking comic book place in England. In the late, like, 77, yeah. Alan Moore, Alan Moore, Gibbons, Grant Morrison, all of them came through. Uh Mark Miller yep. uh, worked there for a while. It talks about all of them, how they came up, how you know the start, the basically the the raping of 2080 to start Vertigo, for all intents and purposes. Interesting. <laughs> like it talked about it all. So uh, feature length, ninety minutes, uh, hour forty five. Oh no, not a lot to get through. Yeah. So it's good. It's good stuff. It's very, I'll yeah. Add that to the list. It, 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 they talk a lot about Dread. They talk yeah. fucking. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy who directed uh, Ex Machina and Dread. He's Alex Garland. He's one of the talkers in there too. Because mm-hmm. they they go into the both iterations of Dread and how one worked and one did not. I wonder which one they thought worked. <laughs> Hey, you know which one. Uh, you I'm know gonna, which one uh, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You know which uh, one. Did. Carl Urban is also in this one, so. But they didn't ask me. Why. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> Rob Schneider's not in it. Dread. All they do is shit talk on that original Dread movie. It's oh. fucking great. Hey, just take the mask off. They want to see the face. <laughs> <laughs> so watch that. Uh, also watched a uh, documentary on the HBO Max in, okay. in the little DC uh, section. It's called Necessary Evil, colon, the supervillains of DC Comics. I, I saw that. It's, it's an hour there. and 40 minute doc about 
the villains of DC Comics, and it's narrated by fucking Christopher Lee. So, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> great, great, so, evil, great evil voice. That's what I'm saying. Your, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It it works so fucking well. So, what is it? They then just go through the history of the different villains, yeah. rogues gallery. Yeah, why they're necessary, how they how they evolved through the heroes, how the heroes evolved through the villains, sure. how you know two sides of the same coin most mm. of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joker. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. So you know. Okay. They they go into you know how I, how how a hero is not necessary without a villain and how a, a villain's not necessary without a hero. I saw it on the scrolling through the HBO Max. I was like, oh, yeah. that looks interesting. Oh, it's totally worth watching. One hundred percent. So, but it's just like mostly a talking heads, like people sitting in yeah. their in their, mm-hmm. in their rooms yep. and studios. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then Christopher Lee's like, "This is amazing <laughs> and epic," and you're like, "Oh my god, Soramon!" <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, also watched. Okay, so that's documentary. That one. That one. A lot of stuff. Watched uh, documentary on Hulu. Hulu. Obey Giant colon Shepherd Fairy. It's, it's documentary on Shepherd Fairy, his okay. life and work. Uh, how recent is this? Uh, ends in 2017. Pretty recent. Yeah. So pretty recent. Okay. Doesn't have most. Of it. it pretty much ends uh, like after like. Like with the election of Trump, mm. for all times, because because he's gotten very political, so it leans into that. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Sad ending. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's good. Did you yeah. learn new stuff about him? Uh, I didn't really learn anything new. I no. you know I've been, follow- been following. I've been following him for you know about a decade now. Yeah, so you have his art and stuff. Like I'm that. aware. Yeah. yeah, 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 sure. But you know, for anybody who's not aware, or you know, who maybe. Only saw the Obama poster, or maybe only exit through the gift. Shop. Yeah, maybe only know him through that little stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes on a deep dive, and it's totally worth watching. There you go, people. Uh, Obey Giant. That's also Amazon. No, Hulu. No, Hulu. Hulu. That's on Hulu. That's a Hulu baby. Also on Hulu, uh, Hulu uh, they just released, I guess, all the episodes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dark Side of the Ring. From the the From Viceland? Vice. <gasps> yeah, that's on Hulu. It's on Hulu now. I definitely want to watch. Dude, so yeah, I watched all the episodes. Isn't there a Canadian Crippler episode? No, oh, there's not. How do you not so, do all Chris Benoit episodes? So episode one was uh, the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Ooh, so yeah. all, all that. Degree with the crap. Yep, all of it. So they they, they go through all that. Uh, episode two is the Montreal Screwjob. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. To this day, I'm like. Is that real? I don't know, man. Greatest depend work, so not work of all time. So everybody involved, like Bret Hart and Vince McMahon, are basically like it was real. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else is like we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who was in on it? Yeah. What no, exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's a crazy story. Uh, no, episode three was the killing of Bruiser Brody. I uh, mm. I only got into wrestling in like the the late eighties and early nineties. Sure. So um, as, as a young young kid, yeah, and then the, so I I had no idea like all the old stuff, no clue about anything about that. Yeah, stuff. wrestling's been around since the the, the vaudeville days. Well, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was number three. Uh, episode four was entitled "The Last of the Von Erichs," and it talks about a the Von Erich family oh, and boy. their. Tragedy of multiple tragedies tragic, of wrestling. Tragic wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. So it the goes, Texas Tornado was one of my favorite uh, characters when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was like eight years old. He didn't have a fucking foot. He was a he was one footed. Did not know that. <laughs> so b- right before he got into WWF, yeah. Apparently he had uh, he was he, he was in a motorcycle accident. Okay. Crushed his foot. Oh. They had to amputate, Ooh. but no, they didn't tell. Anybody wow. for the entire time that he was on television in the WWE, yeah. he only had one foot. It was a prosthetic foot he was doing everything on. That's ridiculous, man. That's but 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 he thought it was shameful 
so they didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And in reality, like that's one of the greatest athletic stories of all time. Hey, he's a one <laughs> footer wrestler. Shit, Intercontinental Champion, but Mr. Perfect, that one uh, foot. SummerSlam eighty nine ninety one foot. with one foot. That's incredible. <laughs> Mutual respect, Texas Tornado. Yeah. <laughs> so, Von Eric. Ooh, Devon Eric. So, yeah. And, and, and you know, th- there's one surviving, so he tells most of the stories from okay. be- being the one that survived it all. Okay, very cool. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, number, episode five was the mysterious death of gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Oh, I don't know who this. Uh, apparently, he was an up-and-comer who uh, got into some cocaine uh, and some issues. I don't know what the mystery is then. <laughs> exactly. Well, the mystery is, up until this documentary... Uh, the document, the documentarians found. Oh, they figured out. They put all the pieces. They together. put all the pieces together and got in touch with the people. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, mm-hmm. nobody knew what happened. I got it. It was okay. all speculation. I got you. Okay, cool. That's and fine. then uh, episode six was about the fabulous moolah. What's tragic about fabulous moolah? Nothing tragic. It's just uh, basically the untold story of you know how she came up, how yeah. she was pretty much like. She was in the industry for like 60 years. Well, no, and, and how, like, she, yeah, how the ups and downs, how at, at a certain point in time, you know, like, women's wrestling now is a certain thing. Yeah. You know, before then it was something else, and before then it was something else. Yeah, it. yeah, it could have been what it's at now. Earlier. With, with pretty much, like, at, from the time of Hulk Hogan, it could have, there was a time where there was the women's Hulk Hogan, oh, and then there was, something's happened, yeah. and it all went a bit, Women's wrestling got basically got pushed back thirty or forty years wow. by this one incident. Interesting, so, very very interesting. All that was super interesting. And how long is each one? Like an hour? Uh forty five minutes. Oh, okay, even better. That's on uh, Hulu. That's on Hulu. Uh, also on Hulu. Watched from two thousand four. The incident at Loch Ness. Okay. Are you familiar with this, Chris? It sounds familiar. Uh, it's a mockumentary about the Loch Ness monster. Okay. Featuring Werner Herzog. <laughs> okay. So, why so, it sounds familiar. so Werner Herzog is making a fake documentary. Mm-hmm. Well, he's making you know, in the movie. Herzog's making a documentary on Loch Ness, and he's supposed to be like making fun of everybody and debunking it. But then, These people because it's a mock, because it, because it's a mockumentary, mm-hmm. it's done where all that happens. But at the end, Ness ends up being real, and there's. Things happen and blah 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 blah. We must save the Nessie yeah, from so, the tourists. So, but it's Re- return it's, her to nature. But yeah, but it's all Werner Herzog, so it's amazing. That's fun. Playing just so playing a himself. version of himself. Yes. Good for him. <laughs> Good for it's, him. It's from 2004. It's only an hour and 34 oh, minutes. Oh wow, that's a while ago. And it's on. It's it's available on Hulu right now. Okay. Highly recommend watching. I will. Okay. It was fun. You're adding a lot of stuff to my list. My list is getting very long today. Oh, that, that, that. Oh, so I told, talked earlier about watching some of these video game streams over the COVID area. Yeah. Uh, one that happened this week was called Ubisoft Forward. Uh, got some uh, fun previews of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. And Far Cry 6. So, Guess who, Chris, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So we're going to Scandinavian Viking times. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Scandinavia. Uh, actually, uh, is there go, another, so, a reason to be on a boat again? Yes and no. So <laughs> reason to be on a boat, but a smaller boat. Okay. Uh, and you're and it's uh, basically it's the it's basically the Vikings TV series in video game form because it's. Uh, it's the invasion uh, of England and mm. the settling of that, okay. and all of that. So mm. you're in that time frame. Wow! Right. So you're going to be 
So your Vikings are going to be raiding England. You're going to be forming a settlement there. There's mm-hmm. going to be a base that you have. It looks super fucking... Like, there are some death scenes that look like they're straight out of Mortal Kombat. Like, you go into the person's head and see the axe, like, <laughs> cleave into their skull, and then their brain flops out, and it's like... What the fuck guys, did I just watch? These guys need to relax, man. I don't know why it's gotta be so. so yeah, no. <laughs> this is probably this looks like the most fucking gory and brutal Assassin's Creed game of the morning. Wow, right. well, well, we're doing Vikings. Yeah, so it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, what's it called? Ubisoft. Uh, what was the name of the event? Oh, uh, Ubisoft Forward. Okay, and then uh, we also had a uh, a preview of uh, uh, Far Cry Six. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not sure you're familiar with the Far Cry series. Vaguely. Uh, I, I know it's uh, been around many iterations for years. Apparently. Yeah, well, basically the way it works is you're just a dude. You're basically a regular person thrown in this extraordinary situation. And then you are basically an an action hero in a movie mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. I'm into that. Um, in this one, we're in some third world uh, Hispanic country. And is it uh, Giancarlo Esposito? <laughs> he is the bad guy. That's, that's a lot of Which fun. is why I wanted to bring it up. I got We got us uh, Gus Fring. Yeah. <laughs> Gus is the fucking the autocratic dictator of this yeah. country that you're stuck in. Good for him. So it's going to be a lot. Of, it looks like a lot of fun. I can't wait to fucking shoot Giancarlo Esposito right in the face. That, that does sound like a good time. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, PlayStation. Oh, it's gonna be it's it's uh, cross platform. Cross platform. Okay. Yeah, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed both gonna be cross platform. Okay. Uh, that's really all I care about from Ubisoft. There was some other stuff on there, but I didn't give a shit sure. about it. Sure. Not into uh, the Q Q Bert no. reboot. No. The Q boot. No. No. Welcome to the Q boot. No. Did that? Did that? Did that? You're just did going that, through the scroll, that, scrolling, that, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, new episode of Holy Moly this week. That was fun. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Rob Riggle, Rob Golf, John, John Lovitz, uh, uh, courses, optical courses. Sure, it's fine. Sure, and the new episode of Perry Mason was good as well. I did not watch a new episode oh. of Perry Mason, so I'm an episode or two behind. I think is this episode five? Uh, that was episode four. Episode five is tonight. It's tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <gasps> I'm only a couple behind. The end. The end of last week's episode. Chris. Good ending. Good ending. That's a good reaction. That's a great action. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I have a few. I have a bunch of things to check out. You need to get on the pair of Mason. That was that. 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 Go uh-huh. figure it out. He's got yep. it. Okay, that was everything. All right, that's what I watched last week. Funny you mentioned the Future Shock documentary because I re- watched Judge Dredd. Oh, it's so good. Uh, no, Judge Dredd. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, it not dread. So Judge right. dread. Yeah, it is so good. <laughs> Judge no, you're dread, right. Not dread. Hey, uh, My bad. Double web. <laughs> My bad. I am the awful lover. movie. Um, it's wild. Wildly awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like it, it's it's really surprising that they even bothered to call it Judge Dread after the movie. It has nothing to do with the comic book. Well, I mean, it has mutant gangs. There's more mutants in in Judge Dread than there are in Dread. But uh, him taking off his mask and... Uh, the clone thing yeah. and that bullshit. They they awaken the clones at the end and then, and then that's it. We never see him again. Like, they don't fight him or nothing. And, well, and, and they don't they don't lean into the fascism the way that they're supposed to. No, because I am the law. And he's, like, right the whole time. That's what and, I'm, yeah, no. that's not the... They, no. That's not the point. I mean, Dread's a great comic book because it's not... I mean... You enjoy reading the further adventures of this crazy asshole, but you realize that he's a crazy fascist a- 
he's the, the fun. bad guy. That's the fun part. <laughs> so he, uh, I watched that. I was like, man, I want to watch Dread. So I looked up online uh, did uh, to see if I could find where Dread would be streaming. And it's on Pluto TV with that. It's like, okay, that's the best I can do. I'll watch that. Pulled it up. Then it's in uh, Espanol oh. for some reason. Just like we only have the Spanish oh. language. Like, or I could rent it on all these things. Like, fuck this, man. Or put it in your DVD, Chris. I, I know you have it. Oh, I bought it. Oh, Blu-ray. It's like eight bucks on online. I found Worth it. Worth it. it. Uh, came in the mail. I watched Dread. Uh, it's fucking great. Man, it's such a good movie. It's so pretty. It looks great. I love, man, I bet. Uh, Carl Urban's fun. That is one of those movies where... The costume's like, better. I, I just... I wish at some point in time in my life someone would re-release it in 3D again. Like, yeah, because I, I missed the 3D I, release. I, I want to. Oh God! And re, was, and rewatch it. Uh, uh, there's so many shots. Where it's like, yeah, this was supposed to be in 3D. Yeah. Uh, or would be seen in 3D. Yeah. Like all the slow motion stuff with all the glitter. Like it's amazing. You, it's amazing <laughs> in the third dimension. Uh, so you watch the future shock. I watched the dreads. Uh, rereading some dreads. Um, or reading reading dread. Trying to catch up on some dread, dread stuff. Dread's good. It's great. Big fan of it. Um, I rewatched Birds of Prey this week, first time since it was in theaters. And it's a very fun, enjoyable film still. Uh, Ewan McGregor is, is just a delight. He's hamming it up his black mask. He really is. He's doing a great job. He's having a lot of fun. Uh, I love when he's uh, uh, in the club and being all unhinged and stuff. And he's, he's so good. I love Birds. I love Birds of Prey. It's a great movie. I read... Bring it... Flip side, Birds of Prey, fun comic booky goodness. Flip side, I read a book, uh, The Underground Railroad, Ooh. by Colson Whitehead. Ooh. And it's exactly what it is. What, what, what you think it is? <laughs> it's a story of a girl, uh, who uh, young young girl abandoned on a on a on a plantation in Georgia. And uh, when she gets old enough, here's a rumor but there's a new underground railroad stop nearby. Takes that underground railroad, and then it's a whole. It's a story of all of that, and it's uh, it's a really, really good, really good book. Uh, but me saying that is really stupid because on the on the cover of the book right there, it says winner of the Pulitzer Prize. So, so I'm telling duh. you, I'm telling you guys, <laughs> this Pulitzer Prize <laughs> winning book is good. It's good, guys. <laughs> hey, I think I think I understand why they gave the Pulitzer Prize. I can't believe they gave this thing a Pulitzer Prize. All these words, all these fancy <laughs> words, I can't be understanding, making me feel feelings. It's uh, really well done. Uh, Colson Whitehead, as a matter of fact, I think he, he wrote two or three <sighs> books in a row that have won Pulitzers. Mm. Uh, the, and I don't think the institutionist, institutionist did, but um, The Nickel Boys, which is his last book, I think won the Pulitzer. And he now just won. He's like the youngest person. He's maybe 40. He's the young, maybe 50. 40, between 40 and 50. He's the youngest person with like a lifetime achievement award yeah. for, for some sort of... Whatever. Uh, what, yeah, the, this guy is... Uh, he's just cranking out with bangers. Yeah. Um, he's got it. He does. He's got it. He's really good. So I really enjoyed Underground Railroad. I like it quite a bit. Um... So yeah, that's it. It hasn't, I haven't been able to, to watch much else, so I'm glad that you were able to watch a whole bunch of stuff. Now, for the second half of the show, we don't have any emails, but we got a couple comments in the Facebook group. I have a handful of stories, and then we're going to break out a new segment just in time. A segment. A whole new segment. A segment. Just we, in time. We haven't had two. segments in... And, what the and, fuck is going on here? Who, who is this? And it, Who are you? I'm a guy... Who had an idea late last night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna act it out. Well, not literally act it out. 
Um, or maybe we will. I don't know. I feel like doing some uh, exercises. To be or so, we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna play a song for you guys. Uh, it's a uh, this song is called uh, Lucy Lou. How do you do? And then we'll be back with a second half of the show. You ready? Yep. All right, here we go.
All right. <laughs> well, here we are. It's time to do the thing where we do the second half of the show like we talked about. Second half of the show brought to you by Patreon.com slash Crespi. So that's us. Go to Patreon.com slash Crespi. So and sign up for our bonus episodes. We just put out our episode on <laughs> the Boondock Saints episode hey! just oh, man, came that was, out. That was, man, that was a while ago. That was fun. That was a while ago. Yes, it was a while ago. <laughs> That just came out. Yeah, the backlog. I forgot about the backlog. Oh, we are so backlogged. Uh, I just actually uh, put up a post on for our patrons to let them know what the next three weeks worth of movies are so they can watch them ahead of time. Uh, so sign up anywhere from a dollar to five dollars. gets you access to all the episodes, and we appreciate you guys. Well, the patrons, you guys are awesome. The rest of you are freeloaders. God damn it. Hope you enjoy this slop. <laughs> well, I mean, it's free, so can they really complain? Yeah, no. <laughs> for real, we're going to complain in the Better Business Bureau. Uh, they gave it this free product, and I don't like it. Well, well why do you keep coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're not. So, uh, we have a Facebook group, Cinema Crespi, so that you can join. I tried to remember. I forgot last week, but I tried to remember. But a post that's a comment question thread people can use that we can read on the show just like this. Cremella got at us. What up, Cremella? He asks, what is Drew studying? I was wondering that after listening to his career history on the Freebasing Pigfucker Patreon episode. <laughs> we did a Freebasing Pigfucker episode? Oh, we, ta- we, we talked about... That was, one of your, was that one of your employers? No, that, that, that was one of my stories about working in kitchens. Oh, yeah, it's right. The Freebasing Pigfucker. Yeah, the Freebasing Pigfucker. Guys, uh, <laughs> be careful which kitchen you're eating out of. It's um... Where'd you go, son, man? Oh, but uh, to answer your question, Carmella, I am... These baby back ribs are tender. I am currently... I feel like they've been massaged from the inside. I'm currently studying HVACR. Yeah. Heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and refrigeration. He's going to be our resident... Uh, Repairman. A- AC guy. <laughs> well, dep- I mean, probably not... I, I mean, I could, but I, I don't want to get into residential. I think I want to go commercial and refrigeration. There you go. Work in... You know, I want to fix the stuff. Yeah. In the restaurants, as opposed to uh, you're the guy, cook the food in the restaurants. You're the guy we're waiting for at Starbucks to come fix the goddamn fridge. Our milk isn't cold. Yes. I'll the, be that guy. The finally guy shows up. Oh, thanks, guy. We appreciate yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, yep. he, that he acts all inappropriate with the young girls working behind the counter. Well, I'm not going to do that part. I've, I, I, I'm pretty I've, sure it's part I've of the training, Drew. I mean, that's like month nine or ten. <laughs> the, it's late. Sexual harassment yeah, 101. It, it's like, this is how you do it properly. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a second, guys. It's like Scientology when they tell you about the scene at the very end. Mm-hmm. Big part of it, guys, you have to be <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, okay. Gabe got at us as well. What's up, Gabe? Says, I started watching Dark. Three episodes. It's Stranger Things meets Prisoners yeah. meets Sicario soundtrack. Yeah. Cromello replied, I watched season one and I liked it, but decided I didn't want to have to pay attention enough to watch season two or three. Apparently there's a lot of uh, timeline shenanigans, time okay. travel shenanigans involved, I think, okay. by the second season. Dark's always gotten good reviews. I mean, I like... Out, uh, and, and the, quote, like, Dark Stranger Things has been attached to it for a while. I like uh, I like Time Shenanigans. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's a show. It's uh, time to check it out, probably. I've seen enough people talk about it online. You know, it's get, it's we, got enough of a buzz. And we got a third season. Normally... When TV, something just starts, yeah. yeah when yeah. TV TV shows first start, that first season is normally pretty good. Second season, depending on how everything goes, can, can little, go up or down. It can be a little slumpy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, but if they can make it to a third season, then they got something going right. So since they are, are they just said yeah. third season? Yeah, it's probably a good time. So actually, I think they're done. Already. I don't know. Um, is any show ever really done? Don't know. 
Bonanza, maybe? The Perfect Strangers. Ah, sorry, Balky. You're Dunzo Bunzo. Mork from Mork. We're not rebooting. No, no more Mork. Mork. <laughs> Mork. Mork and Mindy. Mork's done. Right. Mork and Mindy. Yeah, Mork and Mindy. That is correct, sir. Um, dark. I'll have to get on that dark. Uh, thanks, Gabe. We appreciate the, the input on that one. And is that it for the, the, the comment? That, that's all the Facebook stuff. You could email the us. Facebook you could also stuff. email us at cinemacrespy.com, whatever you want, and we'll read it on the show. Uh, also, guys, if you could help us out on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us, that'd be great as well. Uh, we could use some new ratings and reviewings. We're sitting at 72 reviews. Let's get to 75. Someone help us get the 75. We just need three. We just need three of you to sign into your Apple Podcast account and quickly leave a five-star rating with a nice little... Review. It doesn't even have to be a nice review. It can be a shit review as long as you give us five stars. You know what? Talk shit about us. Give us five stars. We're fine with that too. We'll even read it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I see it's a new segment. So new segment time. Here we go. Drew Cogburn. This segment is called. Uh, this segment's called Chris reads EW Magazine. <laughs> so you don't have to. That's right. EW Magazine still okay. a thing. Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly. Okay. We got Jamie Foxx on the cover this okay. week. It's a quote heroes issue. Okay. Uh, I'll probably do. Uh, I'll pull three things. The three things worth reading or pulling out from, from this, this entire magazine. This entire... And you, are, you will paraphrase <laughs> all. Or I'll, yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much. So, thing number one. Uh, sp- you know, speaking of video games, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Right, just it's came just, out. Uh, just came out. Uh, the samurai game mm-hmm. based heavily on Akira Kurosawa uh, mm-hmm. uh, movies. A- apparently, after you beat it on a certain difficulty level. There is what's called Kurosawa mode. Ah, here we go. In homage to <laughs> Kurosawa, who died in 1998, Ghost of Tsushima's creators partnered with the director's estate, Craft 8 Kurosawa mode, which gives the game a grainy black and white windswept look that mirrors his trademark style. But it's not just a black and white filter, Connell says. We actually did some research on the curves that may have existed on the kind of film that Kurosawa used. That's some cool shit. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption's cool because it, it's like. Borrows heavily from Spaghetti Westerns and Sergio Leone and New Marco and stuff like that. So yeah. this one, we're just straight up like, let's make a Kurosawa video game. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, if you're going to steal cool shit, do it from the best cool shit there is. Why not? <laughs> it only makes sense to do that. I mean, <laughs> come on. Right? Why steal bullshit? And now, uh, is that also... Is that... You would know. Is that a cross-platformer? No. PlayStation exclusive. PlayStation exclusive. See... I get that PlayStation 4. I've watched when 5 comes out, I gotta I've, get 4. I've, I've watched gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I'm not interested. I, I, okay. I want that, <laughs> that Kurosawa mode, and I want Death Stranding. So that's right there. Two games yep. not yep. available on other mm-hmm. systems. Uh, chalking up to my... I might get my first ever, ever PlayStation. I mean, you should just talk to a friend of the show, Matty J. He's got a PlayStation 4 currently sitting on his entertainment center mm-hmm. that he does not use just collecting dust I'll buy it off him how much did, how much did they cost retail retail I think they came uh, he, when he got it he probably paid three or four hundred bucks but what are they now oh now buck fifty tops buck fifty that's good <laughs> I'll get a new one without cat hair in it how about that <laughs> I mean yeah whatever I'm just is saying is really, really only a buck fifty I'm sure I, fuck dude Shit. how can you not Shit, it, I'll get one today I mean, it's, it's old technology, Chris. That's what I'm saying. And then when five comes out, is it? And that, that comes. That comes in November. Will it drop even more by that point? No. At a certain point in time, game consoles really they like, hit a platform, they hit a level. There is yes, where because in all reality, the technology inside is still worth X amount of dollars. Yeah. 
So. And if it can still be used, we get usage out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's on my list. Uh, here we go. Thing number two from this week's EW Magazine. Uh, John Mulaney was asked to do a, they have a my must list. My musty list. Uh, we have uh, something from stage, music, movies, TV, etc., etc. So he has a whole bunch of items here. Oh, man. PlayStation 4s are still like almost fucking $400. So a little pricey. Okay, yeah. Sure, I can wait a couple months. No big deal. Um, one of John Mulaney, comedian extraordinaire. He, his um sack lunch bunch uh, special yes. got re-upped. Yep. Cool. Uh, that was fun. But instead of Netflix, it's going to be... Is that Comedy Central thing they're doing? I think it's Comedy Central. Comedy Central has a new um, director of content, and they're making big moves, signing a whole bunch of people, and uh, greenlighting a whole bunch of shows that they're trying really hard to try to bring back Comedy Central, bring it back in a in a meaningful way. And the uh, things that they have planned, pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, the little thing I read is pretty good. The, the the problem with Comedy Central was they tried to, I mean, they centralized comedy for a certain point in time, but then, yeah. it, but. With the advent of the internet and streaming services, the type that everybody just kind of... Lo- they lost their grip. Everybody just kind of went off to do their own thing. They lost their grip. It's a comedy channel. Uh, John Mulaney giving a whole bunch of uh, recommendations. This one under movies for Chicago. Uh, all these things happen in the air for a reason. You mentioned something during your media diet. He recommends Burden of Dreams. It's a documentary by Les Blank about Werner Herzog trying to make a movie called Fitzcarraldo, which involves moving a steamship over a steep uh-huh. hill. It's yes. tense yes. and fascinating yes. because a film crew is in a terrible predicament, yet it's a fundamentally hilarious cause. It's a predicament that they put themselves in. Yeah, it's one of the greatest documentaries of all time, Chris. It is fantastic. It's so good. I love Fitzcarraldo. I love Fitzcarraldo. But Burden of Dreams is so much better. <laughs> it's even better. Um, item number three that I'm pulling from this week's Entertainment Weekly in our newest segment, Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. Uh, that's free. I, mean, I, do. I got like <laughs> got like 40 more of these coming. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is funny. They have a, for some reason, it's in the back to school section. Uh, I guess because she's also put down a book. Pump up the jam. Upgrade your PB&J with a delectable preserve by Jessica Coslow of LA's Squirrel Restaurant. Have you heard of Squirrel Restaurant? S-Q-R-L? Yes, S-Q-I-R-L. Uh, oh, no. Um, no, I have not. This lady does jams. Uh, jams and jellies is their okay. prerogative over there. They have in here a sour cherry jam mm-hmm. recipe. She has, a, uh, I think, a book coming out as part of the whole thing. Um, I thought this was hysterical that this is here at this time just now because i think just this week on instagram maybe some former employees newly former employees of squirrel this place that used to have lines around the corner regularly to get in um even pre-pandemic had lines around the corner had uh now it's a line because of social distancing the uh pictures of scraping mold off the top of their jams because it's all organic and mm-hmm. non-preservative yeah stuff. so it goes bad and they're, but they're making too much of it and uh so she's just like just scrape the mold off the top and sell what's underneath and someone took pictures of that and put it online and now she's all shit's going crazy over there those lines around the corner have they're gone <laughs> they don't exist there anymore but now she has a nice little jam recipe that i'm sure is delicious i'm sure it is yeah yeah sure. but you know but like you said when you do that all or that is the downside to all organic and no, no preservatives is hey, if you don't eat it within these next like two yeah. days and if you, you don't store it right and, and if you don't store it right then it will go bad i mean if you store it for long enough it'll turn into booze so 
There's that. You can make some prison hooch, some jam prison hooch. I mean, squirrel hooch. I'm sure that's how wine came to be, Chris. Yeah, so I was like, oh, let me just drink the juices from the bottom. I, I stored all thing. this fruit in here. Shit, it went bad. Well, I'll drink something. Let's see what, hey, this is, hey, this is pretty nice. Uh, or it's like, why are those elephants stumbling around over there? Yeah. Let me eat some of that fruit that's sitting on the ground. That's <laughs> my pitch for an Amarula commercial. All right, so here we go. Segment's over. Drunk elephants. Drunk elephants. I love it. Drunk, drunk. I said drunk elephants. Drunk elephants. Uh, Let's get into the movie news and such for the rest of this episode here. Uh, uh, AMC struck a deal. They they announced, remember, a few months ago when COVID was really happening. Mm -hmm. uh, really happening. It's going crazy now. When uh, things first got shut down. They were like, we only have enough money to operate through July. At that point, we have to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. They struck a deal with a bond holder uh, to have enough cash to operate through the end of 2021, no matter okay. what. No matter yeah. what. So they got some worst case scenario. AMC is going to be okay, which is just okay, you know, in the long run for us as as theater goers. Stephen King movies in the works from Ben Stiller. Okay, all right. Another one from Darren Aronofsky. Okay. No, okay. Uh, the Ben Stiller one is called Rat. And the Darren Aronofsky is working on one called uh, The Life of Chuck. Rat is uh, about a struggling writer who thinks he's suddenly come up with a great idea for a novel in order to avoid distractions and get the book written. He departs from his family, heads to a remote cabin. That's very Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Once there, he comes down with a serious illness and begins hallucinating a talking rat. Or is it a hallucination? The rat makes the writer an offer to help finish his book. And since this is a Stephen King story, the offer has sinister consequences. Mm -hmm. That's the Ben Stiller one. Yeah. That makes sense. I can yeah. see him writing a... So how, it sounds like uh, Ratatouille rated R. <laughs> Radar Ratatouille meets Secret Window. Uh, ben Stiller makes he likes movies like if you think of uh, did you ever see he makes some dark stuff Permanent Midnight I've I keep it keeps popping up on my algorithm yeah it's an interesting one late 90s no. mid late 90s he plays like some drug addict or something a, yes a it's a fake person but it's based on a real person it's based on a person's memoir mm -hmm. I believe and it's the guy who created and wrote Alf Ah, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently I was. He was apparently he, he had some issues. He was a heroin addict <laughs> uh, while making an Elf. So Ben Stiller plays a writer in Hollywood who is uh, dealing with his drug issues while also being the writer of a show about a puppet alien. It's this big blue puppet yeah. alien thing. So it's very clear it's supposed to be Elf, but it's not. And uh, it's good, very good movie, very nineties, very indie, and also with it being like a heroin chic type of thing, yeah. it's got that going on for it. Um, but he makes movies about these things. Zoolander, also known yeah. as a tortured artist, mm -hmm. even though it's a comedy. He makes these tortured artist movies. Dro Tropic Thunder, yeah. another guy who's like... Tortured artist. My art. So now he's doing anything about a writer who has a hallucinating... Uh, hallucinating and talking rat. It's going to help him. Life of Chuck. Here's Darren Aronofsky's one. Um, where he is actually producing. Maybe not directing. It's through Protozoa. It... Uh, it starts with, uh, this article just points out that it starts with seems like an apocalyptic event. And then the narrative backtracks from there. So try not to give away any spoilers mm -hmm. for this. For Interesting. The Aronofsky. So that's cool that we're getting a lot more Stephen King stuff lately. Uh, a bit of, we're having a bit of a Stephen king assance. There's also that update of The Stand 
Yeah. I think it's being worked on. Um, speaking of updates, The Lost Boys, rest in peace, Joel Schumacher, being made into a musical. It's nearly done. Mm. And the soundtrack can be heard online. Musical vampires. Musical 80s rock vampires, essentially. Because so, I, I'm betting that's the music direction they're going with. So how long until, until we get Twilight the Musical? 2030. 2030. 2030. Okay. 10 years. Give them 10 years. Harry Potter musicals, how long? Well, they already did the Curse of Child. Did it's they? A, it's not a musical, but it is a stage performance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter and the Curse of Child. Um, adult Harry, and uh, they have a kid. The kid's a curse. Um, but a musical version, yeah. They could. Why not? Shit, they did a musical of Rocky, Young Frankenstein. What I'm saying, I mean, I was King ha- Kong. <laughs> I, was, I was half joking, but at the same time, totally serious. Yes, I mean, you can. How <laughs> about my uh, Matrix musical? I want a Matrix musical. Uh, the cinematographer of Matrix, Bill Pope, but uh, uh, well, they did an interview. He was on Roger Deakins' podcast. I mentioned his podcast mm-hmm. before. Yeah. How incredibly boring it is, mm-hmm. but it is good for articles like this where other people listen to it and then pull all the good stuff. Yes. Uh, so, Bill Pope talking about making the Matrixes, the Matrices. He says, everything that was good about the first experience was not good about the last two. We weren't free anymore. People were looking at you. There was a lot of pressure. That makes sense. Yeah. In my heart, I didn't like them. I felt we should be going in another direction. There was a lot of friction and a lot of personal problems, and I showed up on screen. It was not my most elevated moment, nor was anyone else's. The Wachowskis. This is funny. The Wachowskis, I read this damn book by Stanley Kubrick that said... Actors don't do natural performances until you wear them out. So let's go to take 90. I wanted to dig Stanley Kubrick up and kill him. (laughs) Lots of people have said that over the years. Yeah, that's funny. Um, There is something about making a shoot that long. 276 shoot days because they did the two movies back to back. That is mind-numbing and soul-numbing and it numbs the movie. Think about The Hobbit where they shot one, two, three and the movies are just numbing. In the books, you don't feel that. Because you pick it up and put it down. In a movie, shoot, it's too long. There's a limit when you can take in. He did also go on to say at one point that he's still... Even saying all this, he's still proud of what they did put up there and things to say about it, but he is kind of uh, angry. Well, I mean, he... I mean, he... Everything he's saying rings true. Yeah. I mean, the original Matrix movie was far better than the two sequels. Yeah. So... And I even like the sequels. I'm in the camp that actually likes them. I mean, they're fine! But, uh... It's the, definitely the first not one is so much better. But you know, when you compare the the second two to the first one though, like you you can see that people got lazy and things got thrown to the side. Expectations got elevated, so everyone's like, "Oh shit, um, we have to repeat these things." Yeah, no, exactly. And, so, yeah. Yes. Palm Springs. Came out on Hulu mm-hmm. very recently. Yes. Um part of a streaming deal between Neon and Hulu. That's interesting. Uh Hulu Picked up Palm Springs for $17.5 million, which is the biggest deal of the Sundance Festival. And I, mean, I don't know how, I still don't understand how these streaming platforms decide how much money they're recouping per movie. So, well, here's the thing. So, according to this article, uh, Palm Springs set a new record with the biggest opening weekend for a Hulu uh, movie. Okay. So, uh, between this and Neon's Parasite, which 
when that debuted on Hulu was the biggest, most viewed. Oh yeah, um, like indie film. Well, and I what, think most viewed foreign language film. That's what happens when it wins an Oscar and only a quarter of the country saw the movie. Correct. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, "What is this thing?" Um, they had a nice little handful of like streaming hits mm-hmm. under their belt this mm-hmm. year, so that's kind of interesting. Hulu coming out of that. Palm Springs is fine. It was fun. That's fine. I mean it. It's a great update to the apparently now Groundhog Day genre. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Groundhog Day <laughs> genre. It's a new genre. Oliver Stone. Uh, we were talking recently about Edgar Wright being all mad about Seth MacFarlane and Ted and all this stuff and being happy when Ted 2 flopped. Oliver Stone uh, blames Ted for his career kind of... In 2016, Oliver Stone's last like big mainstream movie came out. Remember that one? Remember what it was? No. Snowden. Oh, that's... Yeah, okay. Yeah, remember? Not a very good movie. No. It wasn't good. No. Um, the one I mean, with, Citizen Four was much better. It is much better. <laughs> uh, the, the movie he did before that, I like much more. Savages in 2012. You know, you know for what it was, it's fine. it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, much better than Snowden. Here's Oliver Stone. I don't think... They think about me talking about Hollywood. I don't feel bitter about it. Savages was my last movie in the mainstream, so to speak, at 2012. I thought it was mainstream, and Universal did too, up until they distributed it. They decided to move it, and the last second for fall of the summer, they put us in the middle of a schedule that was pretty tough. Ted was there. Remember that movie? It was hilarious. You don't want to open against Ted. No. So, uh, not talking shit about Ted, but more about the Universal moving the move, uh, Savages around. And not giving it a chance. Then he goes, I do still get offered stuff, but I'm not inspired to make a movie. I don't feel anything inside me. Fire for going through that pain and misery. The last one I did was Snowden. It was so difficult to make. We struggled to get financing, I believe, because of the subject matter. That makes sense. Yeah. People don't want to make a Snowden movie. No, and it's fine. If you're going to make a Snowden movie, let's do it right and make the documentary first. Yeah, I mean, the documentary is just better. Citizen's Force is a better movie. That's what I'm saying. Uh, John Hamm is going to be in a Fletch movie, a Fletch reboot. He's rebooting the Fletch. Okay. With uh, the directors already in place, and I'm putting up the article so I can tell you that it will be directed by Greg Matola. Greg Matola, um, his biggest movie is probably Super Bad. Okay. He also did Adventureland. Okay. Uh, he's got these. So I get this, I just, I'm just trying to get a tone for it, you know. Yes, R-rated. Good with Already improv, yeah, yeah, uh, and I think John Hamm. It works. Yeah, I think he. It works be because that, when Flet, I mean, when Chevy Chase looked good, he was Fletch, and it worked. Yes, J- John Hamm is older, but still looks good. But I mean, not like Chevy. Chevy no. got it. <laughs> no, exactly. Man, he looked like yeah, shit yeah. fast. No, John Hamm's aging. Like, uh, I guess He's aging well. Maybe alcohol helps uh, preserve you a bit. For some people, for some people it rots you, and others it preserves you. Mm-hmm. He's he's more going down the, pre- the preservation route with yeah. his yeah. alleged alcoholism. Or I mean, or maybe he's like Keith Richards. Maybe you know he just he's going to live forever. Like he, he will s- hit a certain age and just stay there, and that and that that's it. God like, damn it! K- Keith Richards hit like sixty five, and his body hasn't aged since. God damn it, Keith Richards, throwing off the curve for everyone. We're fucking it up. So. uh... The Old Guard, mm-hmm. right? The director is uh, Gina Prince-Bithwood. Bithwood? Yeah, Gina Prince-Bithwood. She, uh, her movies before this, her most acclaimed ones were Love and Basketball. Okay. And that was like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Then um, Beyond the Lights came out like four years ago. A movie about a pop star 
uh, sort of like her rise. Let's see it. Got rave reviews when it came out. I was like, oh shit, I need to see this movie. Then you see the marketing. It's like, it's not the type of movie for me, but then you read the reviews. It's like, I got to see this movie. So I've got to see it. She did the old guard. Uh, That got a ton of views on Netflix. It's very popular. So uh, she's using that to line up her next picture. And it's called The Woman King. I'm pretty sure that's called a queen, but never mind. That's fine. We'll, yeah. we'll think about mm-hmm. that later. <laughs> uh, to be starring uh, Viola Davis. Okay. So I'm definitely into that. Cool. Um, the film is a historical epic inspired by the true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey. Is that real? Dahomey? How do you spell it? I think you're pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> D-A-H-O-M-E-Y. Maybe not. Dahomey. It's one word. D-A-H-O-M-E-Y. Yeah, the kingdom of Dahomey. It's a country. One of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. The story follows Naniska, which will be Viola Davis, general of the all-female military unit and her daughter, who together fought the French and neighboring tribes who violated their honor, enslaved their people, and threatened to destroy everything they live for. You are correct. Uh, so I'm into the homies. Yep, got got taken over by the French, and I'm uh, I'm interested in this. This sounds good. The Woman King to be directed by Gina Bryce Bithwood. Spoiler, spoiler, Chris. The Frenchman. You know what? Maybe this is about Tarantino <laughs> telling, or like in our version, <laughs> we told the French to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's true. The only African country to not be ever be conquered uh, or colonized anyway was Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Italy kept trying to take over Ethiopia, and Ethiopians were like, "No, no, <laughs> we will, we will beat you back." Like they no. kept doing it. Like you guys have nothing. We will, we don't care. Well, I mean, the one thing that Ethiopia did have, have go it for was it had really uh, strong Christian ties. So, so the Lord was with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I, I'm just saying, like that was that that was important to Europeans in the day. Um, just putting this out there. Next story for people. Because uh, we even we mentioned it earlier a while ago. Uh, remember when this image was put online mm-hmm. like six months ago? It's Andrew Riseborough with some crazy face mask, like a literal face, yeah. like leather face mask. Yeah. Uh, the trailer for that movie, Possessor, saw it. came out online. Uh, getting some buzz. People are getting excited for yeah. Brandon Codenberg's latest. And uh, just wanted yeah. to say, hey, guys. Yeah, he's, he's just as fucked up as his papa. Look up Possessor. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably. Antiviral is gross. Um, but is he as smart as his pop I don't know. Uh, that, that, that remains yet to be seen. Um, NPR's radio ratings have collapsed during the pandemic, going down 25%. Okay. That explains our ratings. Well, I'm going to go with people are watching more screens. And people are commuting far less. Yeah, yeah. So, so l- since people are less not trapped audio. in their cars, not trapped in their commutes, yeah, they don't have, they're abandoning the audio that they... Uh, anyway, that makes sense. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to figure out why our downloads are down. That's all. (laughs) Maybe people are finally sick of us, Chris. I think it's. I think it happened. happened, It only took how many years? Seven. Um, we mentioned this last week. Oprah Winfrey is working on so the New York Times of the 1619 project, which re, which placed the birth of America. Instead of 1776 at 1619, uh, when they first came over with African slaves, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of white people were incensed about that, like, why you gotta keep talking about slavery? And uh, Oprah Winfrey is like, well, then how about I make a TV show and a movie and all these other projects about it? Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, 
uh, called the 1619 Project uh, Marxist? What do you call it? <laughs> what? Um, it wants you to believe that our country was founded for human bondage. They want you to believe that America's institutions continue to reflect the country's acceptance of slavery at our founding. They want you to believe the Marxist ideology that America is only the oppressor's and the oppressed, said Pompeo. Mr. Pompeo, you have lived above the Mason-Dixon line your entire life. If you would kindly please shut your mouth, it would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Thank you, America. <laughs> if the Secretary of State will please kindly shut his mouth. <laughs> America would like to get on with the business of fixing itself. Thank you, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, in the North, people ugh, people just don't get it. He's an idiot. They he, just don't get it. He added. Uh, and the reason why, it's, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's because they don't, they don't live in it. They don't see it. Yeah. They don't. They, he, yeah, he's a white guy. In I mean, in Chris, world. Up, up until, I mean, fuck, dude, as far as I know, I might still be flying there. Up until literally maybe a year ago, every time I drove to Sarasota or from Sarasota. Gigantic. The, at the intersection of I-4 and I-75, it is the biggest fucking <laughs> Confederate flag you have ever seen in your goddamn life. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. It's a might as well just be a giant KKK flag. Might as yeah, well be a giant burning cross. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, this guy Pompeo says I reject it. It's a disturbing reading of America's history. It is a slander of our great people. Nothing could be further from the truth of our finding. He said this guy trying to I mean, rewrite actual world history. Well, I mean, it, in all reality, Chris, people have been making their own revisionist history since the dawn of man. That's true. That's uh, the way it works. I'm not the biggest Oprah fan for reasons we'll get into now, but uh, I am all for the 1619 project. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if you really want to get into it, I mean, we can start with the fucking Mayflower and how a, a bunch of people who were like, hey, you conservative Europeans, you're not conservative enough, no. so we're, we're leaving. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were too, like, no, you yeah. guys are too conservative. Get the fuck out of here yeah uh, so I mean you know there's that so uh, Netflix Ted Sarandos just got uh, promoted from uh, 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 head of, of programming to co-CEO with Reed Hastings I think this is being done so that he can essentially co-train and then Reed Hastings can move on to be CEO of another gigantic company okay. like Disney or some shit yeah. I would not be surprised within the next five years Reed Hastings moves on to Disney and starts running that because uh, Netflix they're the biggest streamer they've, they, they've done it uh, they saw the curves coming they got ahead of them and, they dealt with some bullshit, and especially now with the pandemic. Uh, but now they're reaping all the all the benefits. They've added all the subscribers. They uh, have all the internet traffic. Yeah, they are the biggest player. Everyone else is playing catch up uh, and mustard. Yeah, to Netflix. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I mean the I think the only thing the the only person who even has a chance of competing even today is. Amazon because and, of that Bezos and, and the only reason why is just the sheer volume that yeah, they have that Bezos money and then Amazon Prime users like only 10% of them use the video yeah. is that crazy how many mm -hmm. people don't use it I mean fuck I watched how many hours of anime in the last two weeks on that shit yeah, just on, <laughs> yeah, you got your money's worth um, speaking of Netflix ruling the, the streaming wars uh, they do it partially because they spend a lot of money here and there yeah. they're spending 200 million dollars on a uh Joe and Anthony Russo movie. It's their first movie that they're directing since um, both of them are directing since Avengers Endgame. I think only one of them did. No, actually, they only wrote 21 Bridges. I mean, you, they didn't direct you think they're spending all that money, but they have how many millions of subscribers? Um, I don't have the number here, but they have a lot. 
I mean, let's just, bit, just give me five, five, let's, let's say 16, five. 16 million, 16. Okay. 20 so, million. so let's say for fun. Well, I mean, it says here, freshman earnings report that saw it add 10 million subscribers during the pandemic. Okay. Well, so let, 50 million. Let's so 50 million. Yep. 50 million. You're saying mm-hmm. 50. Yep. One, two, three, one, two, three. Then how, how much is it a month? Um, I think it's $8 now. I'm not even paying attention anymore. My bills. Chris, every month that company makes four hundred million dollars. That's not bad. Uh, that's every thirty days. Uh, that, that's estimated at fifty million. That, that, that's at fifty million. They have seventy-three million. Okay, so let's do seventy-three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Seventy-three million multiplied by Bye. eight dollars a month. Yeah. They rake in five hundred and eighty-four. Million dollars every 30 days. So they're taking about half a month's worth of subscriber money, and they're going to give it to the Russos to make a spy thriller starring uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean, on any given year, give or take right now, Netflix is making $7 billion. It's ridiculous. But they spend like $12 billion a year is their problem. They, they, they see that money, and they're like, we'll spend even more. Uh, it's crazy how there's been talk on in Wall Street for years now, two, three years, about them eventually folding. They're not going to last, but I think that's all been ridiculous speculation. But again, what do I know about finances? The uh, This movie called The Gray Man is based on a series of books. And uh, Ryan Gosling will play the lead. A guy called a killer named Gentry will be hunted across the globe by Lloyd, who will be played by Chris Evans. And it's a... Uh, oh, at one point, it was almost a Brad Pitt, James Gray movie. Hmm. Brad Pitt, James Gray ended up making Ad Astra together instead. That's on HBO now, Ad Astra. Right. Heads up. Yeah, it's all right. American History X. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Tony Kay directed that film. He then directed an abortion documentary called The Lake of Fire. And then, uh, then he did a movie a few years ago called Detachment that didn't get that great reviews with uh, Adrian Brody. American History X was one of... It was just one of those movies, you know? It's it, one of those movies, On man. On top of being just horrifically violent at a time where I was super into violence. Uh, I mean, it, it, it also had, you know... I mean... Champions still going on. It's, a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tense. He makes, for the most part, very intense, heavy movies. Um, and I'm shocked that he, he doesn't make more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's British. He finally signed on to a new movie. It's a drama. It's a civil rights film that will be called Civil. It follows two young men from opposite sides of the racial divide in the months leading up to the movement in 1955 who discovered a real meaning of equality through the ashes of... Tragedy. Oh, so they're both going to lose. And in, <laughs> in, in, in both losing, they're like, you know, I guess we're not so different. <laughs> they both lose, but then we all win. Uh, Tony Kaye is a six-time Grammy-nominated music video director. He did Soul Silence Runaway Train. Remember that video? Never coming back. Um, he did Red Hot Chili Peppers' Danny California, a couple of Roger Waters videos, a Johnny Cash video. American History X was in 1998. Lake of Fire was 2006. There you go. Tony Kate's fascinating. Fascinating weirdo. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out August. Wah, wah. Was supposed to. Not happening. Premiere got delayed on Disney+. Plus. Uh, obviously, COVID stuff pushed all the post-production stuff back. Um, let's see if it has a new date. Does not. 
But Mandalorian still said to debut October. I think that's happening as scheduled. And Fuck yeah. Wrapping this baby up with a Keanu Reeves story. Drewster Cogburn. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. He has movies. Mm-hmm. He's got a video game. Mm-hmm. You ready for his comic book persona? I heard about this. You heard about this. You see the pictures? Did. They're pretty cool looking. It just looks like a buff Keanu. He's a buff Keanu <laughs> with a sword. It's a limited 12-issue comic book series called Berserker. With all the E's removed. Yeah. Uh, premieres in October. The character looks like Keanu Reeves, like you said, the bigger version. It's for Boom Studios. Keanu Reeves is co-writing it. It follows an immortal warrior who does dangerous jobs for the U.S. government in exchange for truths about his existence. Uh, and then where's Keanu? He has a thing here. Keanu pitched a character who was born 80,000 years ago, half-man. His father's a war god. It's a little fantasy and reality. Reeves told USA Today, I had this image in my head of a guy fighting through the ages because of his father's compulsions of violence, but the pathos of a man trapped and trying to figure it out. So he's a warrior god, the son of a warrior god. Half god. Half god. Demi god. Jinx. And uh, he just wants to be like, why do I want to kill? I want to kill. But why? But why? It feels so good. But then I'm so sad. Compulsion. Why? <laughs> Why do I keep checking off so much, Daddy? <laughs> it feels so good. Well, let me tell you, son. Mommy says I'll go blind. <laughs> Look at these hairy palms and tell me I'm right. Um, you should uh, you should read those. I mean, eventually. You should buy them and read them, and then let me borrow them. The thing is, they're gonna have to come out monthly, and then like, twelve months, and, and, and so then, in a year, and then like six months is gonna have to go by before anyone's like, oh, we should put them all together, put, put it as a trade, and then six months go by. So then, in like two years, that's like when I read about a new book that just came out. Oh, this book sounds good. I have to wait two years now for the paperback because mm. I ain't getting no damn hardcovers. Fuck no. Walk around with these fucking heavy ass. I do. Things. I'm doing. I mean, I do the same thing with comic books. And most of the time, like the really good ones, yeah. come out in hardcover first. Yeah. And then you have to wait, and I'm just like. I, I'm in additional I'm waiting. waiting. I got it for a hardcover too. Get the fuck out of here. So. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Drew Sir and I appreciate your help. Thank You're you, welcome, sir. You're welcome, sir. Uh, and you are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. Email us, cinemacrespiso.gmail.com. Rate us, review us, and Apple. Uh, Patreon.com slash So Give us your monies. Remember, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag uh, Brianna Taylor. Hashtag... That's why I haven't written down here. Mm-hmm. Kill your masters. That's yours. Mm-hmm. And hashtag eat the rich. That's for Aerosmith. <laughs> Peace out. PFT Media Production.